Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Here today with Hugh Stewart, who's the CEO of Montage Gold. And how, how are you, sir? You well? Very well, thank you. You can yeah, tell us all about your new private venture and you're going to tell us what you're going to be doing. So, um, and you've also, did you fly, fly in today? Literally flew in from Cote d'Ivoire this morning. So, oh my goodness, yeah, so hot, hot, off, hot off the press. Hot out of a I very hot wait. and sweaty place. Um, <laughs> okay, so give us a one minute summary for the people new to this story. Yeah, Montage is a new private company, as you say. Um, it's really born out of merging the assets of two companies. Um, from Orca Gold pegged a whole series of assets mm. in um, Cote d'Ivoire some of which we actually acquired from Kinross a few couple of years yeah. ago, which we actually pegged back in the day in the late yeah. uh, 2000s right. um, as Redback. And we basically put that complete package together. Right. Um, and we wanted to spin it out. We wanted to as a way, because it wasn't really getting any value for the shareholders of Orca. Right. So by spinning it out and ultimately taking it public, we thought we could get better value for it. Right. Um, but at the same time, we didn't want to just create a new Castrap Junior like everybody else. It, one of the key things for us was to put a new junior in place that had the backing, had a bit more sort of uh, oomph to it than, than the normal thing, more normal company. Um, so by putting our assets together with a company called Avant, which is another private company, mm. with assets, assets in uh, Cote d'Ivoire and Burkina Faso, which is backed largely by the Sandstorm uh, Gold Royalties Group mm. um, and their sort of related investors, we felt that we, were create, we would be creating a junior um, that has put a good package of ground in the first place, but also, um, the backing to actually withstand the market and be able to move forward. Great. Okay, good start, good summary. Thanks very much for that. So you're unusual in the sense that we don't usually talk to um, private companies. Um, but I like what you've done. You were saying that we need to be ready before we yeah. went public. Because I think the default position for the Canadian companies, Australian companies, go public and then see what happens. So. How long have you been working on these assets? I know Orca Gold, that's, that's a long ways away, it's, wasn't it? Yeah, some of these assets, go, I go back a long way. Yeah. Um, the Keystone assets that we have, um, we actually pegged, or I pegged, 10 or 12 years ago in Redback. Right. Um, when we were working in Ghana and Mauritania, we looked at West Africa and we wanted to try to look at where in West Africa we'd like to do some greenfields exploration. We decided Cote d'Ivoire was it. Mm. Um, so we pegged some licenses. And we actually made a discovery just before the takeout take take by Kinross in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, but it was never really followed up. Um, okay. So we've always liked Cote d'Ivoire. I think Cote d'Ivoire is the most prospective country in West Africa at the moment. Well, essentially, because um, that's quite a, the, the Bahrainian, quite a, quite a big ore body, you know, seems yeah. very big. It crosses many, many countries. So you say you wanted to go Cote d'Ivoire. You want to go Cote d'Ivoire because you're saying not many other people had been there? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, people, the, the, the usual stat is that there's more Barimian geology, there's more right. Barimian rocks, which is the right age of rocks to be in, in Cote d'Ivoire than there are in any other West African country. Right. And that's fine. Um, not all Barimian rocks host gold deposits. For me, the key thing after spending most of my career in Africa is really looking for places why, where people haven't been looking for places where they haven't had the exploration attention because that's where you increase your the, the technical chances of making a, a discovery. How so? Um, simply because nobody's been there. Nobody's run a soil program. Nobody's, nobody's done exploration so in these areas. So how does that increase the chance? Um, you get fresh. You get the first look at a piece of ground. Right. Um, so in the case of, of most of our permits that we have at the moment, 
Um, there's been no ex historical exploration in these areas. On the Morondo permit, where our um, sort of flagship project is, um, prior to us arriving in 2009, the, the permit hadn't been touched. Right. And that increases your chances of finding something significant. So, so why, not, why have more companies not gone into Côte d'Ivoire? I mean, you see them in Ghana, you even see them in Mali. You know, I think we'll all the, further up towards the north and nor northwest. It's all happening, but it's it's really a function, and the, the reason probably goes back to the reason why people haven't explored there in the past is because of political instability. So you go back into the into the past. There's been civil wars in the 90s. There was problems after the election in 2010, um, which put people off. People are looking for that stability. Um, over the last two or three years you're starting to see that change completely since um, President Ouattara came into power. Two or three years, not a long time. Well, right? sorry, probably a little bit more than that, um, probably say six, seven years. Right. But you're starting to see Cote d'Ivoire really developing with that stability under the new government. So um, with that, they have a very attractive mining code as well. Um, you're starting to see that activity pick up. You're starting to see the juniors come in, mainly Australian companies at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think we're the only, or we, if we were to list, we'd be the only uh, Canadian, purely Canadian junior company that's focused in Cote d'Ivoire. Okay. So you're starting to see as people starting to have success, people starting to put numbers out, starting to build resources on the next wave of projects that's coming through. Okay, so before we get into the asset and the ore body and what you know and what you don't know, can you, let's start with the team because with yep. these things it's very, very important to understand who you're sure. getting into bed with. So a bit of your background and a bit of the rest of the team in, in, in terms of relative experience to exploration in this part of the world? Okay, um, my background is geology. I'm an exploration geologist. I've spent 30 years, most of which is, has been in Africa. I've had a couple of short stints outside, but almost the entire um, career has been spent in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, back in the 90s, I was exploration manager at the Gator Gold Project in Tanzania. We took that from the, effectively the first sample through to the production of uh, half a million ounces a year um, over about a seven year period. Following that, um, 2003, I started to work for a small Australian company called Redback Mining. Mm -hmm. um, we put the we were doing exploration in Ghana primarily. We put the Chirana gold mine into production in 2005. Um, 2007, um, on the back of a rising gold price, we bought um, the Tassius gold mine in Mauritania. Mm -hmm. And obviously, through exploration, we added uh, a couple of million ounces underground resources in 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 Chirano. And also discovered the Greenshire Zone in um, in Tassiest, which allowed us to um, obviously led to the, the mm -hmm. takeover of the company. Since then, the we basically kept the same Redback team together in a new company called okay. Orca, yeah. and we went to Sudan this time, um, mainly on the back of that exploration. Now, nobody's been to Sudan, so it's mm -hmm. it's an intriguing. The geology is amazing. The prospectivity is amazing. Um, and we've discovered a four million ounce gold deposit. We've just we've completed a feasibility study, um, and are looking to sort of try and develop that project. So, on the back of that, also exploring in Cote d'Ivoire under Orca, mainly as I said because it came back to that that um, that uh, the fact that we really like the geology of Cote right. d'Ivoire. Okay, so you've got a strong geological team. Yep. Track record in Africa. Sure. Exploration and building it through to production. Yep. So who's backing you? With the, who's on the money side of things? Um, well, on the other side, in terms of the management, we've also got Adam Spencer, who yep. um, comes from the sandstorm side of things, which mm -hmm. speaks to the backing. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, um, pretty much Adam and myself and Glenn Condo, the CFO, mm -hmm. we're a very small team running it. 
But that's, um, that's the operational that's team. That's the operational team. Right. In terms of the major shareholders, um, from the Orca side, um, Orca owns 45% of, of Montage. Mm -hmm. um, we, the, our major shareholder is Lucas Landin. And obviously we've been working in companies that have been dominantly owned by, by Lucas for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that was important to us. When we went, we went to raise money a few months ago to, to, to start Montage, Lucas's involvement was important to us because it, it gives us that backing. It gives us that disting, you know, distinguishes us. Um, from some other companies, it opens a door. For opens sure, the right? door. Yeah. But again, okay. on the on the other side of things, from the Avant side, having Sandstorm uh, Gold Royalties as a major yeah. shareholder, and also some of the backers and some of the founders of of Sandstorm um, involved, gives us that ability to raise money. Um, we just raised um, just over eight million dollars mm -hmm. as part of the the process to start Montage. We were actually only um, looking to raise six, but we were oversubscribed even at this stage. Right. Um, what were people buying into? I think they're buying into the premise that, that we do have a good management team. Mm -hmm. The Cote d'Ivoire is a very good place to explore that is, has become politically stable over the last few years. Um, and the fact that we are able to, sort of, as you said, to take projects through. You know, this, this, this slightly cheesy strapline of the company is Discover to Build. Um, but that is very... That is actually what we're what we're about. I mean, you know, we're not in this just to build resources and just flog the shares and, and ramp the shares. Well, so let's talk about let's talk about that. Okay, again, I do want to get onto the assets. Sure. But I'm, I'm always intrigued with what's going on with the in the minds of the directors and the board, etc. So, the business plan was what you, you you picked up some assets which you're familiar with from yep. Orca days and even Redback days. I mean, it begs the question: Why didn't anyone do anything with them back then? Yep. Right. So why don't we start with that and then tell me what the plan is today. You've got a business plan in your mind. Sure. Where's this thing going? Discover um, to build. The, the first part of that question is why hasn't anybody done that, done anything before? Mainly because Ken Ross were, were so busy exploring around uh, and developing Chirano and Tassiest, I think. Right. Uh, sort of regional greenfields exploration outside of those main assets um, was less of a priority. Um, right. So there was a time thing. It wasn't a case that these, they didn't think they could get something interesting out of this. It just I think uh, yeah. It, and different geologists have different views of different things. Right. So, but from my point of view, those assets were always good. Okay. Um, they are in an area that is that has multiple gold showings. There's lots of smaller projects that are starting to build into that area. So, um, in my view, you know, they they missed. They, the they could be. So we'll come back into that. So again, what's the, what's what's going on up here? What the business mean? plan is is ideally to build a mine. Is to, is to discover and develop a, a, a sizable gold mine. Okay, so let's bring that time horizon down because everyone says that, okay, 10 years out. But now, the next year, the next, the next two year. years, okay, you just raised some money, 8.3, you had a little bit more money in the treasury yep. than that. It says in here 11 million, I'm sure it's a little bit less than that now. But So what are you going to be doing with it? It's a lot of money for an explorer. Sure, for first it's time, a good, I mean. it's, it's great. It's great, yeah, exactly. Right? No, for the first time, we've actually, you know, all this sort of history with Cote d'Ivoire, we've actually got a, a good run at it now. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that. The thing with the company, we, we've got we've got four issued permits in Cote d'Ivoire, and we have a series of applications. Good. So we have a plenty of different assets to go to. Um, one of the Avant, Avant uh, permits, when Dene has received a lot of exploration, there's value in that, which we may look to sort of to joint venture out at some mm -hmm. stage. Um, the focus of the company, and I think the key with junior companies, is that you do have to remain focused. Yep. Focused. So the focus for the moment is Morondo and the Coney discovery okay. that we made a couple of years ago. Right. Um, 
it's a very early, despite the fact that that history goes back 10 or 12 years, it's a very early stage discovery. The resource is just over a million ounces, mm -hmm. 1.2 million ounces. Um, what sort of grades? The grades just over a gram, and, and okay. that's a key to our, also to the part of the strategy. Mm. Um, so it's an early stage project. It's only received until a couple of a few weeks ago. It's only received about eighteen thousand meters of drilling, which, in the scheme of things, yeah. is a very small amount of drilling. Dominantly RC drilling, which is the, sure. the sort of hammer style drilling where you don't really get any core. You can't really see a lot of geology. Yeah. Um, so our strategy is that, that Morondo is, could be the basis of, of a mine, of, of a mine. A okay, so it's, it's the start of something. It's You've got our resource, yeah. million, million ounces, good. good. Um, but what else do you know today about, you, you've been there a while now and historically, so what else do you know that's giving you confidence? We know, we know that um, Cote d'Ivoire has a good mining code which is mm -hmm. a good place to develop a mine. Yeah. We know that we have a deposit with good metallurgy. We've tested that already very okay, early what does on. that tell you? It basically, that we, can ex we, can, we know that we can extract a high percentage of the gold, in this case around 90% of the gold, okay. from the rock. Yeah. Um, but we also know that it's relatively low grade. Yeah. Um, you know, the grade is just over a gram. It's, it's perfectly amenable to, to open pit mining. It's got a very low strip ratio, which means we don't have to take up too mm -hmm. much waste um, to mine the ore. It's very easy mining mm -hmm. if the rock isn't very hard, so it's very easy to process, very easy to deal with. Mm -hmm. But at the, at the same time, it is low grade. So that's very much part of our thinking. So the strategy as we go into the, into the next year is probably twofold in, in Morondo. The first thing is to demonstrate that the potential, the size potential of the project. Right. So we believe that this project has the potential to be two, two and a half million ounces. Right, so a lot more drilling required. Well, that's the thing. We don't really... Because of the second aspect to it, we don't really feel like we need to do all of that drilling. Okay. So what we want to do at the moment is what we're trying to do at the moment is do a small amount of drilling, some deeper core holes, to demonstrate that that premise is real, to okay. demonstrate that that resource could be two and a half, two to two and a half million ounces. Okay. Because the second aspect of Morondo is that it is a gram. Yeah. So the second part of the thing is, is we need to find grade. We need to develop either some grade within the deposit mm -hmm. in some cross-cutting structures that we're working on at the moment, or we need to find other prospects mm -hmm. within a haulable distance, say 40 or 50 kilometers to that deposit um, to make that development project real. So the, okay. the, there's no point in us drilling out, spending a lot of our 10 or $11 million yeah. drilling out that, in for that resource until we've perhaps ticked a couple of other boxes. Okay. So for the moment, we want to demonstrate that it's two, two and a half million ounces and work hard on those other things. Work hard on bringing, developing and discovering other prospects um, that can actually bring in a higher grade feed, which makes all the difference. They say in mining grade is king, and it's king. If you add two or 300,000 ounces of two gram material yeah. to a one million ounce of one gram. So, so, so just explain that to me. So it's, it's low grade at the moment. So you know it's just over a gram. It's pretty typical, somewhere between a gram and, and three grams. So you're, well, how do we find more of the two and three gram type stuff in, in this beryllium? Um, basically just, just doing the same sort of thing, but looking for the, every, every gold deposit has higher grade sure. parts to it. How do, you, how do you do that in a meaningful way? You're going to go public. Yep. So I've seen lots of different strategies along in West Africa, okay, where people have come up different ways of, of saying to the market, we know what we're doing, mm -hmm. just give us the money, it'll be fine. So you're saying we don't need to do, drilling's not necessarily 
core to us. We, we, we don't necessarily think that's the way to go and prove out a resource of two and a half million ounces. Yeah. So how do you do we it? Don't, we don't need to do the sort of two and a half million ounces at a gram. We, we'll do some basic drilling. So gonna what we really need to do is do the drilling on some higher grade targets and to okay. bring those up. Okay. Um, because if we can do that, then we, we know we're Great. I was just trying to understand what you meant by it's key to our yeah. strategy is the, yeah. is the low grade. Okay. What you're saying is we, we know it's going to be roughly a gram everywhere we, we've got to go and find this two and three gram stuff yeah which is if we can find and you don't levels. really have yeah, you don't really have to find a great deal of it yeah um, you know we've noticed with the, with the project in Sudan two or three hundred thousand ounces at a higher grade makes a huge difference to the economics right. of a project okay um, so our strategy is very as I said is very focused we're, we're not going to just blow drill this resource out because we can drill the resource out because we've yeah. got lots of money we're going to be very focused about how we spend that money. Okay. Um, we know there's a pathway to actually, we know what we need to be able to find right. or to define a development project in this location. Okay. So, um, so what is the resource risk then using for this strategy? Um, I think given, given the location, I think it's, it's moderate. It's not, it's mm -hmm. not high. Mm -hmm. um, the resource we've got at the moment is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. um, it's, we use... Uh, the same guy to do the resource calculations that we've used for for a long time, going back to the Redback days, mm -hmm. um, who's a very uh, very conservative um, resource modeler by nature. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a few other things, you know. We'd like to look at a potentially a bit of consolidation in that in that district. Right. Um, I think that's another problem when you see with a lot of mining projects. Uh, if you could consolidate a few things, it makes it a lot easier. But people are very much tied to their own projects, so. That, that's perhaps another aspect of the strategy that we want to look at as well. Okay. Um, because there are, that part of Cote d'Ivoire is starting to develop. There's a few discoveries. You have Rocks Gold, about 80 kilometers yeah. to the south of yeah. us. Um, you have, we have, we're directly along uh, or adjacent to a Barrack Endeavour joint venture area mm -hmm. uh, with a couple of small resources on it. And then mm -hmm. to the north, you've got more Barrack and, and, and uh, Resolute actually now they've taken out Toro. So yeah. um, I think a bit of that consolidation as well might, if we could affect some of that, okay. might also make a difference. And what's the, what's the surface land use at the moment? Uh, it's mainly agriculture, Ag uh, cashew farming, cashew okay. nuts. Yeah. Um, so, but again, as in most of West Africa, um, we do an awful lot of work to make sure that the, uh, the communities that where, we, where we live and work um, are happy. Um, so we've done yeah. a lot of investment in, in providing water wells, we've drilled water wells in the two main villages, we've provided new school buildings, mm -hmm. we support the local hospital and the local schools. Okay. Um, because you, you can't, they, well, they call it social license, uh, but you, cannot, you can't build a mine in, in West Africa without having the support of the local people. Absolutely, especially if there's very, it's very little understood. You're saying there's yeah. not, not a lot of mining going on in the country. No, it's, it's you know, you've got, you've got two or three, four mines yeah. um, in Cote d'Ivoire at the moment. Um, so it is something they've generally been a, a more of an agriculture-based economy in the past. Yeah. Uh, but I think over the next while it will change. It's an important thing to discuss because we, we, the number of CEOs we talk to who are dealing with rioting or artisanal miners, mm. or you know, all sorts of en encroachments into the the permitted area because people don't understand what, what what they can and can't do, and what in fact you're doing there. You're, you know, why are you well, on we, their land? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, we we've um, you know, we do have a we have a, we do have a history going back um, obviously a few years in this area. Um, Ivory Coast is not strange. It's different to a lot of West African, and the people generally. 
they live in, t in large villages and commute to their fields yeah. uh, every morning. Um, so we're, 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 you know, most of the, most of the, most of the resources under agriculture, but we, yeah. we're drilling in there at the moment. We compensate, we work with the locals. We obviously employ a lot of the local people and buy a lot of goods and services in the local community. So, so just, again, so just on the, on, the, on the ore body itself, okay, you, you, you tell me you've kind of got a good idea of what you're, you're looking at, mm -hmm. and it is, it is low grade. The, how are you using this money to go and chase these slightly higher grade ores? It's generally, um, it's just sort of basic, methodical, systematic exploration. Right. Um, prospecting, uh, soil geochemistry, right. soil sampling, so you lay okay. out a grid and we've just come across a new area recently um, where somebody, one of the local villagers told us there was some art, a couple of artisanal miners working in, a, yeah. working in an area, so we went and had a look at that. Um, and that's actually developing, we've run a, run a soil grid around it and we'll do some trenching, we'll do a little bit mm -hmm. of uh, shallow, what they call air core drilling or rab drilling, which is shallow, cheap. Um, yeah, easy drilling doesn't yeah. cause a lot of damage to the to the, yeah. to the agriculture. Right. So we'll do a little bit of that. Um, okay. But again, you know, it's, I think one of the things with again with exploration is not to really be. You know, you might have a program. We don't really lay out a program for the whole year. We will we will change the program quite regularly. Um, so with that, again, right, let's come back to the original question. It's like, how do you spend eleven million bucks or whatever the number, ten million bucks, mm. uh, over the next year, two years? Or how long do you think it's going to last you? Um, depends on our success, to be honest. I think if yeah, we're, if we're again, successful, that comes back we'll, to your model. We'll, we'll drill a lot of we'll drill a lot more holes. Yeah. Right. Or or you don't. You know, you, you yeah. got to work out what's your uh, was it? Sorry, I've forgotten your strap line already. Discover to build. Discover to build. <laughs> so if we're discovering to build, then you know the the, the plan is to um, get all the information and data you need to build to tell financiers that yeah. you, you, you're good for it and we're gonna we're gonna build, right? So eleven million bucks gets you how how far along that line? That's I think the the ideal thing was would be we develop it a bit of grade. We show that the resource is two two and a half million ounces on the main deposit. We yeah. develop a couple of satellite deposits with a limit, small amount of drilling. Once we've got that, it gives us enough confidence to go into a preliminary economic assessment, a PEA. Yeah. So we drill off an inferred resource, yeah. um, which doesn't actually take a too, too much drilling given the nature of the ore body. Um, the good thing about the size and, and grade of Morondo, or the size of Morondo, is that it's, you know, we've developed a million ounces with only 18,000 meters of drilling. So right. to, to drill that out, to drill a slightly bigger and inferred resource. So what's the time easy. frame here? So probably over the, over the sort of six to nine months of 2020. Okay. If we can do a tick a couple of those boxes, we'd like to have ourselves effectively with a, with a PEA in hand, with a positive PEA in hand. By? By, I would say, third quarter next year. Right, so um, if we can If we can tick those grade boxes. But no, no one's going to go and raise money off the back of a PEA, are they? No, you want to you have a few, of, a few other things in place. Yeah. Um, now the thing, you know, unfortunately, is one of the one of the, I won't say downsides of exploration. But once you get into that PEA, then you're into the PFS, then you're Absolutely. into the feasibility study. You get into the grind of that, and the attraction of a gold stock reduces because you're just doing the same thing. Well, I, well it, it, yeah. It, it, so it's really a question of peaks and troughs. of keeping keeping the news flow going, keeping the, exp the exploration of new areas going to try and always to try and improve the. Um, but if you, if you are if you are if you are um, private, you want to go public. Why? 
surely if you're going to get into production, is there a conversation or was there a thought ever of stay, stay private? There is, um, but really one of the things which one of the things the aims here was to was to really develop the value for the orca or for the shareholders, both of Avant right. and uh, and Orca. Right, um, so they're so looking really, for an exit. So they, we want to sort of crystallise some of that value um, right. for them because they, they weren't getting or aren't getting in, in terms of the orca in terms of the orca story at the moment. Um, so that was part of the part of the argument, and I think we all we think do think it's probably easier to find capital um, as a public company to be able to develop something significant in in West Africa and especially in a country like Cote d'Ivoire that's popular. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. That's given us some sense of, 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 of time frame. Have you made any announcements or declarations about when you go public? Um, the idea, we, we're, we're talking probably Q1, Q2 next year. Reasonably depending imminent. on, yeah, reasonably. And what, what do you have to do to ensure that's a successful IPO? I would like to think that we can do the two things you know, that we talked about. You know, demonstrate that we've got a two and a half, two million ounce ore body. And then find a couple of high-grade satellites, which change the economics so the of things. Six to eight months. There's another million, million and a half ounces. Yeah, basically. Okay. So with that, and you know, the combina- a combination of those things really shows that we actually have a mine, um, mm. and that there is a serious project here. Um, and I think if you start then, if you start sort of throwing in a couple of those regional or sort of district scale things, you know, a bit of consolidation. Yeah, um, starts to starts to change that picture even even more positively. It, it does if if you start to firm out what, you know how you're going to go about doing yeah. it, and that's you know you have some clues today about some of your thinking there. You know, with what a million ounces you've got, what enterprise value of what you typically what, forty odd million. Yeah, probably. I think About our valuation at the moment would probably be a bit lower than that. Right. Okay. Um, but we're but yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if we can if we can push it up to. A, a couple of million mm. ounces, and we can show that upside from some other things. Right. You know, perhaps a bit of consolidation as well. Then you really start to see that, that there is a serious mine at the end of it. Okay. Um, and, you, and what's your thinking? I need to build up the ounces to a certain level. What, what, what do you think? I think we need to we need to demonstrate that it could be two and a half is two, fine. Two but do you stop ounces. there and say, right now, let's work to get this thing into production? Because if you look at Rock's goals, you look at Cardinal, similar. Mm. Similar, yeah. and they've got very different business models, yeah. very different valuations, and because they had very different approaches. You got a rock school who went early getting into production, yeah. produced the cash, was allowed to make an acquisition, I think, from Newcrest or Newmont, one of them. <laughs> Newcrest. <laughs> Newcrest. And then we've got Cardinal, I think, no, we, we, need, we need three million, we need five million, we need seven million ounces, and that's their model. Yeah. So I think, where are you? I think you. Very much depends on the asset, you know. Given Cardinal's asset, relatively low grade, you've got mm. to go big. You know, you've got right. to you've got to have a uh, high throughput um, through your process plant to be able right. to generate the the ounces to to generate the economics. Right. On the rocks gold side, probably high a higher grade, lower yeah, thing. Right. Probably, yeah. There's there's differences in that. Right. Um, I think I think if you've got a strongly economic project to start off with, you can start you start through the the process of, of studies. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, again, you don't want to stop exploration. You know, so yeah. you you always want to make it better. Okay. Um, and you know, once you've you know, the classic line is the best place to find a gold deposit is 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 next to a gold deposit. So if you have a gold deposit, mm. um, then just continuing to explore, continuing to develop your the geological ideas around that gold deposit is uh, is often a good way to find answers. Okay. So why you? 
why not one of the other 60 one million yeah. plus companies um, in the region I would say first the geology in Cote d'Ivoire mm-hmm. um, obviously lots of different uh, companies uh, working in Cote d'Ivoire but I do think it is the is the most prospective country in West Africa and I think the geology is the basis for everything you can't you know you can't do anything unless you have the right geology I think the second thing would be the, the team between myself, Adam, um, people like Rick Clark on the board, um, mm. Kevin Ross, who used to be the uh, the COO of Redback. Um, we have a team that can, you know, is serious about what we're doing, but also can actually do what we say we do, which is discover to build. Um, we don't really have any. Um, I think investors want to hear discover to create value. Yeah, right. well, so I would say that's that? probably the, the same thing. Um, not always for shareholders. Not always for shareholders, but I mean that's you know we are all significant shareholders as well. Um, I think that's perhaps How much does the management hold? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's probably 4 or 5%. 5%. I know Rick's yeah. probably got about, um, between him and Lucas, they've probably got about 6 or 7% of the company. Yeah. But we've all put money into the, the various uh, fundraisings, both for Orca and for Montage. Right. Um, so we are also shareholders, and that's also very important to us. Right. Um, so, creating when we say discover to building, you know, I think you know, creating value along the way, and, and you know, the reason we're doing montage in the yeah. first place mm-hmm. is, is is that value creation because yeah. the assets that we believe are strong in Cote d'Ivoire weren't getting any value in Orca, there was, mm. so there was no point leaving them in Orca. By doing this, we think that's a good way of okay. ultimately when we do go public of, of of giving value to the Orca shareholders. Okay, um, and so when we see this prospectus in Q1, Q2, yeah. whenever you pull the trigger, press the button. Um, when we're looking at how the directors and the board is remunerating itself, what are we going to be reading? Um, well, I hope how much do you believe in this project is the question I'm actually asking. Um, uh, I'm biased because this is my project. Good, take it all in shares. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. No, I'm, no, I mean, this is the Morondo project is my project. I picked the license 10 years ago. Right. Um, I've been involved in a lot of things that have gone a lot of you know that have gone well, and we've actually made decisions to buy things. Yeah. But I very rarely have actually said go and peg a license there, and this is one of those I pegged that license. I, I know, but how, how, what, what are we going to read in this perspective? So people coming in and going right. I want to. But this team sounds great. They've been there, mm-hmm. done it before. They know the area. It's perspective territory. Sure. How much do you believe in it? It's going to be a reflection of how do you remunerate yourself? Is it going to be a bunch of cash? And a little bit of upside when things go right or they go wrong. I think we've seen, you know, it's been a lot of that in the press yeah, recently. Right? No, exactly. So, I mean, we, we get paid, I think I'm the only person, no, actually, I think 75% of my, my salary is from Montage. I still do work for Orca. Right. Um, but I think we're also, um, and I think that goes the same for all the executives. We're, so we're, we're all split um, between other jobs to keep right. the costs down. Um, but no, I think we're, we're moderately paid. I don't think we're at the top end at all. And that's going to be the case going forward. You're saying we're going to, we're going to take the upside because we believe what we yeah. can do. We're going to deliver it and we're going to remunerate ourselves commensurate to, well, commensurate to, in line with shareholders' expectations. Is yeah. That, is I that mean, the idea? Yeah. Well, as, as being shareholders, you know, we're, we're not in it just, to, just for the salary. Right. Um, we're, in it to make, we're in it to make money from the shares we own. Right. And now the shares we would we would buy in the future, and you know that that's that's important. Okay. I think you have to align, you know, you have to align, like you say, you have to align management with with the shareholders. Yeah, it's one of those things we we hear a lot of 
talk about it and management say it, they don't do it. Yeah. And it's very nice. And we have interviewed a lot of uh, management recently who have done that. So we, we actually don't take any shares, uh, any cash. Yeah. We take it all in shares because we think this thing is absolutely going th- through the roof. So yeah. very nice, right? But it's just a conversation we like to ask. No, I think it's a show. get a view of how confident you are yeah. in what you've got, right? No, exactly. I, I would agree with that. Beautiful. Hugh, that was a great introduction. Love it. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.